Thanks for listening to the Faith Assembly of God podcast. Please join us at 9 11 a.m. at the main campus and 11 a.m. at the Monk's Corner, Remount, and North Charleston campuses. Thank you for listening. We hope that God blesses you through doing so. Take your Bibles out, remain standing, turn to Revelation chapter 1. Revelation chapter 1. Jesus Christ is alive. The Word of God declares it again and again and again. The empty tomb is testimony that He's alive today. And He makes a powerful statement in the first chapter of Revelation. John the Revelator writing, He's seen this incredible vision on the Isle of Patmos. The Lord comes down and reveals Himself to Him in a mighty way. And, and Jesus Christ makes this statement. Revelation chapter 1 and verse number 17. And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. And he laid his right hand on me, saying to me, Do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. That phrase, I am, is the same I am. We get our phrase from Yahweh, Jehovah. I am the first and the last. I am he who lives... And was dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore. Everybody say alive forevermore. forevermore. Amen. Amen. And I have the keys of hates and death. Alive forevermore. Father, we thank you for the power of your word today. We thank you, God, that today the tomb is empty. And not only did you rise to die again, but you have risen and you are alive forevermore. And because you are alive forevermore, so can we be alive forevermore. So I thank you, God. I thank you for each person that you've brought here today. Lord, I just pray you'll touch our hearts. You will quicken us to the fact of your resurrection. And we will see what eternity holds in balance for each and every one of us. We love you and praise you and give you the glory in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Turn to someone and tell them they look great and then you may be seated. Oh, you look marvelous today. Great to have each one of you here this morning to come and worship and celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Uh, there's the second largest Gothic cathedral in the world is found in Milan, Italy. And they have uh, three doorways that go into that large cathedral. And over top of those three doorways are three inscriptions. And over the doorway that you would enter to the right, there's this inscription that says this. All that pleases is but for a moment. And then the doorway on the left-hand side has this inscribed. All that troubles is but for a moment. And over the center door has this inscription. Nothing is important save that which is eternal. Nothing is important save that which is eternal. Now, it may sound obvious to us today, but I want to remind you, eternity is forever. It's forever and ever and ever. It never stops. This, the life on this earth is very temporary. We are here for such a very short time. Eternity is forever and ever, and it awaits every single one of us. We're going to have to face eternity. And, and tragically today, many people don't think about eternity. They don't think about living forever. 
They don't prepare themselves for it. And, and whether or not they're prepared, we're going to face it someday. It's going to happen. It's going to take place. And we will face the consequences of the decisions we make right here on this earth. Uh, now, the gospel message is simply this. Jesus came from eternity. He, he says, I am the first and the last. In other words, Jesus makes a statement, I have always been. And he comes down to earth, he steps out of eternity, and he comes down into our time and space continuum. And he lives right here on the earth. And he did that so he could communicate to us what eternal life is all about. That this life is not all there is. And offer a safe, safe passageway into everlasting life. Revelation 1 and 17 says, I was alive. I was dead and now I'm alive. And he says, I am alive now forevermore. Forevermore. I want us this morning to consider eternity. I want us to think about it in light of the empty tomb and in light of the resurrection. He ties the two together. I was dead, I am alive, and now I'm alive forevermore. I'm the first and the last. And, and what is this eternity all about? First of all, I think I want us to consider eternal life. Eternal life. The resurrection is for us, I believe, as believers and anybody, the clearest uh, proof that eternity is real. That this life is not all there is. Jesus Christ, the empty tomb, proves that eternity is real. John 11 and 26 says, whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Now, we know from experience that believers do die, and they die all the time. They, they die, and, and yet the physical bodies die, and they go back into the ground from which they came. And if Jesus' priority had been life on this earth, he could have abolished physical death. And so we go through that passage of death. In fact, the word of God, he describes death for a Christian or for believers like sleep. It's like falling asleep. And we fall asleep and the body is placed in the ground. But his priority was not earthly life forever. His priority was eternity with him in glory. And life forever is exactly what the resurrection of Jesus Christ accomplished for us. Listen to Hebrews 5 and verse 9. And having been perfected, he became the author of eternal salvation to all who obey him. Jesus Christ came into this earth from eternity. And he will bring back with him all those, the Bible says, who believe in him. And he will take them with him into eternal life. We will forever live with the Lord Jesus Christ because the Bible says he is alive forevermore. And because he's alive forevermore, he says, I have the keys. I have the way that to get you into everlasting life. The resurrection demonstrated that death could not hold him in the grave. That it was not the end. And if it wasn't the end for the Lord Jesus Christ, it will not be the end for us either. Because the tomb is empty. The grave did not have power over the Lord Jesus Christ. It could not hold him down. And because he is eternal, that eternal nature has been given to every single one of us who are in Christ Jesus. Eternal life. The empty tomb. He is alive. Not just alive, but the Bible says alive forevermore. Now we also need to consider this morning the reality of what the Bible calls eternal death. 
eternal death. I read Hebrews 5, 9, where it talks about eternal salvation is offered to all those who obey him. But the converse is also true. Uh, Eternity awaits every single one of us. uh, But new life is given only to those who obey him or follow him or or serve him or or give their life to the Lord Jesus Christ. uh, And those who refuse to do that... Just as real as the reality of everlasting life is, uh, so also is the reality of everlasting death. In Hebrews 6, in chapter 2, he talks about the doctrine of eternal judgment. You see, eternity awaits every single one of us. Some to everlasting life, some to eternal judgment. You can't take God's teachings on everlasting life and heaven and eternal life and and reject all the teachings in the same word of God that talk about eternal judgment. Matthew chapter 25, Jesus Christ tells a parable. And he gives a long description of how the Son of Man is going to come back one day and the Bible says he will judge all the nations. And he describes this judge like a shepherd who would come and take and begin to divide the sheep on one side and the goats on the other side. And he begins to separate the nations as a shepherd would sheep and goats. And to some he would say, and those he describes as the sheep, he would say, Come, you blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. And yet in verse number 41, in the very same parable, he would say to others, Depart from me, ye cursed into the everlasting fire. Prepare for the devil and his angels. You see, eternity is real. And because eternity is real, that's why we had to have the resurrection. Without the resurrection, there would be no possible possibility of everlasting life. He said, I was dead and I am alive and now I hold the keys to everlasting life. And if you want to get into everlasting life, then you have to come into the key who is the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the one who died for our sins. He is the one who rose victorious on the third day over sin and death. And the Bible declares he is alive forevermore. What an incredible statement. He is saying to us, there is hope, but that hope can only be found in the Lord Jesus Christ today. I have the keys. And even though when we die physically, our body is placed into the ground because he rose from the dead, there is a resurrection day coming. And everyone who is in Christ Jesus, those bodies will also come up out of the ground, uh, victorious and triumphant uh, and powerful. And our spirits, even after death, live forever in the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. So we have that confidence. I I know uh, two years ago in April, my father passed away. Four years ago, my first wife passed away. Uh, 20-something years ago, my brother passed away. And all those were godly people. And yet the Bible teaches that one day when Jesus Christ comes back, there's going to be a grand spiritual reunion day. There's going to be a celebration in the heavenlies. And the graves are going to come open and the dead in Christ shall rise first. And there's going to be a grand reunion day. So when you talk about 
the resurrection and you talk about the empty tomb and you say Jesus Christ is alive, what that is guaranteeing is my eternity. And it also tells me eternity is real. And the choices I make on this earth affect where I'm going to spend eternity. That's why this service, this day is so very important in our lives. Nothing else matters except uh, being secure in our eternal destiny. Where am I going to spend forever? It's a reality. There's the reality of everlasting life, eternal life. There's also very much the reality of eternal death. But I want us also to consider last and thirdly, the reality of our eternal priorities. Eternal priorities. You see, how does eternity, how does the fact that I am going to live forever, either to eternal life or eternal death, how, how, how does that reality affect the way I live my life right now? How does that affect my priorities right now? Jesus, when he was on the earth before his crucifixion, he sent 70 of his followers. He said, I want you to go out to the cities. I want you to go two by two. I want you to go declaring the kingdom of God. And I'm going to go with you and my presence will go with you. My spirit will go with you. I want you to prepare the way in those cities because I'm going to come and I'm going to follow after you. And you're kind of my advance preparation team. And so go out into the city. And he says, when you go out into the cities, I want you to keep eternity in your focus. And in verse number 9 of Luke chapter 10, he says, Proclaim the kingdom of God has come near to you. And so wherever you go, begin to talk about the kingdom, begin to talk about eternity and God's kingdom and forever, and you go and prepare the way for me to come. They came back from their mission. And these 70 are so excited. They could not believe the miracles they saw. Blind eyes were opened up. The lame were made to walk again. Uh, they saw devils cast out. They saw incredible, miraculous signs take place. Turn to Luke chapter 10. And I want you to hear what Jesus tells them about their priorities. Luke chapter 10 and verse number 18. And he said to them, I saw Satan like lightning fall from heaven. Isn't that great news? Every miracle, every devil that was cast out, every person that was set free, it was just like the devil was being cast down all over again. Behold, I give you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. And then he makes this profound statement about eternity. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rather rejoice, look at what he says, because your names are written in heaven. In other words, the highest priority of your life is your eternal destiny. More important than anything else, where is your name written down? Where is it jotted? Has it been Dipped, has it been written with an ink pen dipped in the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ and written on this scroll in heaven somewhere that says, yes, Larry Burbacher's covered. Uh, I'm going to let him on in because of my blood, because he received me. Is your name written down in heaven? It's a very strong, strong reminder that we are not distracted by our successes. Sometimes we have great successes at our job and in our business and we win all kinds of accolades or, or we win in sports or we win in this or that. Uh, he says, don't be distracted by your successes. Is your name written down in heaven? Don't find your joy in your accomplishments. 
Don't find your identity in the things you do or in the job you have. Uh, but is your name written down in heaven? It's like those two doors on either side of that center door of that cathedral. Don't get seduced by temporary pleasure because it's going to pass away. Uh, this earth is very brief. Uh, but is your name written down in heaven? Don't get messed up by the other door or discouraged uh, by that which troubles us. uh, Because even though we go through persecution and trials and tests, uh, I want to tell you, those two are temporary. Is your name written down in heaven? Great joy is found in a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Because he who was dead and is alive, and because he's alive forevermore, I can have a relationship with him right now. Right now. He's made a way for us to enjoy eternity with him. And that eternal life actually begins the moment you ask Jesus Christ into your heart and life. And when you do that, your spirit is already connected with the Lord and it will never ever be separated even by your own death. And then through your life, he begins to work in you uh, to bring others into eternal life through this good news of Jesus Christ. You see... Being a Christian doesn't mean trying to live a good life. You're going to fail. You can't do it. We're going to mess up. We got this sin nature thing working in us. It doesn't mean trying to be better than those who are around you and say, well, I'm not too bad. I'm better than this one or I'm better than that one, so I must be okay. It doesn't mean trying to come in and perform certain church rituals. And if I perform the rituals of the church, that must mean I'm okay. It doesn't mean mean even believing mentally a certain set of doctrines. Most of you are here because you believe the tomb is empty today or you wouldn't be here. But what it really means is being a Christian is a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Do you know him? Have you invited him to come into your heart and life? It means living the new life he's provided for you through that resurrection. The reality impacts then every single area of my life. And once I receive that everlasting life, I soon begin to adopt his eternal values. So it simply affects everything I do on the earth. Because I know this time is short. And I know the way I spend my life is short. The resurrection changes everything. The resurrection will change the way you raise your kids. Because you begin to understand my children have an eternal soul and their salvation. Their names being written in heaven is the very most important thing in their life. It changes the way I spend my money. Because I begin to understand uh, that everything I own will one day be burned up and will be gone and will be no more. And only that which is eternal will last. So it it affects the way I invest my money and I help others and I serve God. It affects the way I use my time because I understand that this earth is so short, it's so temporary. Every moment I spend my time is important and eternity is forever. It changes the way I see people. Because no matter how mean somebody may be or how honorary he may be or evil he may be, he has an eternal soul. And without the Lord Jesus Christ, he's going to face eternal judgment. And so it quickens my heart that I've got to let him know there's a way out. There's a way of freedom and there's a way of deliverance. And so it 
radically changes my priorities uh, and it it puts everything that is temporary underneath that which is eternal. And so everything I do in life is gauged by eternity. Where's your name written? Where's your name written? I, I read a story of a Muslim in Africa and he converted to Christianity. He asked Jesus Christ to become his Lord and his Savior. And so uh, his Muslim friends were amazed at this conversion. And they asked him, why have you become a Christian? And he looked at him and he said, well, it's like this. Suppose you're going down a road. And you come to a fork in the road. And, and the road goes two different directions. And at the head of one of those roads is a dead man. And at the head of the other road is a living man. And you had to figure out which way to go. Which person would you ask for directions? (laughs) Jesus is alive. And because he's alive, we can count on him to tell us the truth about which way to go. And he tells us very clearly, I am the way. I am the truth, I am the life. No man cometh to the Father but by me. He knows what he's talking about. Eternity is real. And for some of you, the decision you make this morning in this service will affect your forever. I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes right now. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Listen, you're here today, and I've made this gospel message very as clear as I know how. But the decision you make today can affect you forever. And you need to know, where am I going to face eternity? Am I going to be resurrected to eternal judgment or eternal life? And so it begins by saying, God, I need you. I know I'm a sinner. I know I can't save myself. I know I'll never be good enough. I need you to come in and live inside of my life. And you build that relationship around a person, the Lord Jesus Christ. Thanks for listening. For more, check out faithishere.org.